Welcome back to Building Billions. I debated all weekend whether or not I was going to record this episode for a variety of reasons. The first reason, I don't cry. This has been a mantra of mine for the last decade of my career. I think crying shows weakness. One of my mentors, a woman by the name of Kelly Catrone, wrote a book that says, if you have to cry, go outside. That's literally the title of the book. This woman also wears all black. She's freaking fabulous. And I'm just of that mindset. I'm like, don't cry, especially if you're a woman in business. There is no need for you to be showing that level of a weak level of weakness, being that emotional. Like, there's just no place for it. That's really my perspective. Also, my husband is a crier. Like, Brandon cries so often that during COVID, we were doing all of these calls with our clients. We were doing like two or three calls a day with our clients to help them grow their businesses and to help them through this pandemic, this very uncertain time that their businesses were going through. And my husband on practically every call, which if you're doing two to three a day, it's like often I'd, I'd look over and he'd be freaking crying with all these clients. And I was like, dude, you have to stop crying. Like we can't be crying on every call. And so Brandon now has a cry quota. He gets one cry a week in front of people. And it's just because you know, no one needs to see us crying, even though his perspective is that we help people through a lot of shit and it's a lot of real shit and the businesses that we are working with there there's dynamics, there's family dynamics, there's personal dynamic, there's financial dynamics, there's dealing with people's potential and what they are really capable of. And they're pushing up against different people and, and the market conditions and there's just stuff. So Again, that's why Brandon cries, but I've just always held that as a woman in business, I should not be crying. It's just not my role. Nobody wants to see that from me. It lessens my position, so I don't cry. However, last week, in one week, I cried three times in the office. Not like at home, I went and cried. Like I literally cried three times in the office, and they were for three very distinct reasons. And I want to share this with you because. I had a conversation last week with somebody that I am close to, somebody that I respect. And after I cried the first time, and the first one was very public, uh, I said, you know, it's probably good that people every once in a while, like see that I have emotions like this. And this person that I really respect was like, oh my gosh, people need to see that from you because that's not what you give them most of the time. And so, you know, taking that and being introspective about it, I think in in the last decade, I've so focused on being a hard ass and knowing my shit and being put together. And I don't necessarily think that I've over-indexed on that, but I think that there is opportunity for people to see a little bit more of a uh, soft side of me that I haven't shown that I don't focus on that I actually try to like actively suppress because I don't have anything to prove any longer and I feel like I used to have a lot to prove and I didn't want people to belittle me I didn't want people to think less less of me I had all of these dynamics with working with my husband but also wanting to prove that I was smart so I feel like I've done that I'm I don't think people still 
look at me and think, why is she in the room? What value does she add? I know what value I add. And I know that people know that when they have meetings with me. And so I do think that the softer side is an important side. And I want to take you through these three distinct reasons that I cried because they're all three unique. They're all three pivotal. And in this process of building billions, I want to be able to look back on this and say, wow, that was a really distinct turning point that was really important. And so here we go. First one, one of our team members who has been with us since before we started Cardone Ventures, she started working with us. I was in her interview process for our dental business almost at least eight years ago. It could have even been nine years ago. Uh, she has just been a rock for our organization. And two weeks before GrowthCon, she let me know that she has been diagnosed with breast cancer and that she would be going through pretty intense treatment over the next six months. And when I heard this news, when she first told me, like, of course I cried um, because it's emotional, right? When somebody that you know and love has is fighting something and, and has cancer and is about to go through something that's very difficult for them, uh, it's emotional. And so she told me this. And we had to figure out a way to tell our team because this particular team member every single day, Monday through Friday, shares an update on where we're at for cash to collections. Uh, I'm sorry, collections to target of our cash collected. And so everyone's going to notice that, you know, she's going through this treatment. So our team had to know. And I was trying to figure out how I could let the team know while also really supporting her through this process. And so... I went on a secret mission with one other team member and had shirts created that say you are 10 X and they're pink shirts, like the breast cancer symbol pink and the X we turned into one of the ribbons, like the, the breast cancer, the cancer ribbon, uh, and had all of them distributed to our teams across the country. So we had to ship these shirts to people who worked from home to our three different offices and on our daily all team meeting last Monday, everybody turned their cameras on and sh- all of our shirts said, you are 10X. And it was our way of sharing that, you know, we support her and that we're here for her and that she is freaking 10X. And I was talking on the call with our, you know, 150 plus team members on this live. Um, and I just started crying because... I, I couldn't stop. I, I told myself ahead of time I wasn't going to cry. It's not like I was like, oh, yeah, this is the moment to cry. I don't, I don't know, things like that just aren't planned in my life. I, I can't control that part. Um, I wish I could. That would be really cool. People who can just like manipulate their emotions. But that's just not me. I can't do that. Um, and I just was borderline unable to speak because just the emotion is overwhelming. And the support was so cool with our team in the chat just – loving on her and encouraging her. And I think that that's a really important leadership moment, to be honest. And even though I don't know that we would do that really for anyone else, like the purpose of our business is is to help business owners. And so I oftentimes feel like anything that we're talking about that isn't helping business owners like doesn't really have a place in large group forums because it sends everybody a different direction. But with this particular individual, uh, it, it just, it was totally the right decision. It was 100%. I was questioning it a little bit ahead of time. It was totally the right decision. 
And so the learning lesson on that one is how do you show up for your team in hard times? Maybe you don't need to go through the fanfare of getting shirts and, and causing a big, um, you know, moment, but it is important to show your team members that you care and that you're with them and that you support them at every single level. It's the responsibility of leadership to do that. And especially leadership at the top, if we would have done it in any other way or just let it kind of happen, we could have, but that's not us being able to to really say how we feel about it and say that we are supportive and and to really make a stance about like, hey, fuck cancer. Like, pretty sure I said that on a daily all-team call. Maybe not the most professional thing. However, the team gets the point, right? They're like, oh man, these people really actually care about their employees. And funny enough, we had a lot of new team members. Like there was a first interaction with Cardone Ventures. Uh, it was a Monday. So that's when we, we onboard all of our new hires. And I would either think they're like, man, this company is freaking amazing. Or they're like, I'm out. And I'd be good if they said I'm out because that's who we are. And we show up for people. The second thing that made me cry last week, uh, last week was the beginning of March. And so we closed out the month of February and the month of February was Cardo Ventures biggest month, both from a revenue and a profitability standpoint, uh, in the history of our organization. I still remember, uh, March of 2020, I made a cake that said 1 million on it because we had hit a million dollars in revenue. And it was like, the whole team was freaking out. There was eight or nine of us. They're like, Oh my God, we made a million dollars in one month. And last month, I mean, we, the numbers are ridiculous of, how much revenue we generated. And that's great. And it allows us to invest in other organizations. It allows us to pay our team members. It allows us to really fuel the growth that we're having because everything that we do is internally funded. All of the acquisitions that we make, they're internally funded. We don't raise capital. Uh, and so it's really cool that we hit this milestone and it was a big celebration for, for us. But what was even freaking cooler was hearing the stories of our team that hit these massive financial milestones in their lives because of the work that they do and because of this opportunity. One of our team members, she's um, a single mom. When I sat down and did her PPF conversation, it was, I think, two years ago now, uh, maybe a year and a half ago, she said that one of her financial goals was to be able to afford to rent a room for her son so that he could have his own room because at the time they were sleeping in the same room together with a roommate. So she wanted to be able to just like give him his own room, his own space, and then obviously she would be able to have her own space. Well, last week she was able to actually buy a house. Like She's made so much money. She put a down payment on the house and the house is so freaking cute. And then another one of our team members who is an immigrant and somebody who just dedicates himself to being an expert and being the best at his craft, he actually created a milestone for Cardo Ventures because he's our first sales team member who's ever made over six figures in one month in his commission check. Six freaking figures. He made over $100,000 in commission last month. And he's been able to do so many incredible things for his family. He's been investing now in, in Cardone Capital prior to working with us. 
I don't think he'd ever made six figures in a year, much less in a month. Uh, and he's, I think he's 24 years old. He's like 23 or 24. He's a young kid making a hundred grand in one freaking month. That's nuts. Uh, and then another, like the, the thing that really triggered me, like where I started crying again, I cannot believe I'm even having a conversation with you right now about crying, but it's important. One of our team members in our, uh, in our technology team has been grinding for the last, well, for a very long time, but specifically over the last year, because he was, um, completing his math PhD. And so he's been such a rock star on our team, but the fact that he was actually able to, he's now a doctor and complete this huge milestone in his life to become a PhD. I was reading this and watching our team congratulate everybody. And it's just like, it's so cool to have created a business where opportunity is created and people are winning and there's so much success happening. And it's not just for a couple people at the top. Like they're real freaking badass people winning with us and our clients are winning with us. I mean, I could go on and on about client stories and and the different successes that they're having, but it was just a moment of like, man, I'm so grateful that Brian and I didn't just call it quits and stop believing in ourselves five years ago, because that's the place that we were at. We were just really feeling insecure and didn't know that we wanted to start another business and thought, man, we should just be selfish for the rest of our lives. We should go off to an island somewhere and just do whatever we want. But instead we decided to not do that and to recognize that there was more that we could offer and to be able to, again, be in a position where we have people who are winning around us and able to impact our clients' lives, able to create inspiration for each other. It really is the most rewarding thing that I do. I love our clients' successes. There's something about our team winning through this that just is so much motivation for me. It's a different type of motivation than the wins that our clients have um, because it pushes me to to continue to create bigger opportunities and to continue to focus on what the future could look like and what different roles could be created through our ability to push harder and to think bigger because there are people who whose lives can change and whose lives have changed through us pushing hard. Uh, and so there I was reading these messages of the whole team just supporting everybody and I'm just like bawling. So that was number two, learning lesson from number two. When you do the right thing in your business, other people should be winning with you. You should not be the only person winning in your business. And if you are the only person winning in your business, you're going to start to feel a little bad about it. Maybe that's why you're not going to promote your business as much as you should because you know that you're just strangling this thing because you want financial security. But the real test and the real opportunity is how do you get other people to win through working with you? How do you get them to step into this bigger version of themselves and to accomplish things that they never thought possible because they are in your environment and you've thought big enough to create that? Because that's really the only difference is your ability to think with man, how could I have other people win alongside me? I'm not saying you don't win. You don't have to become some martyr. You don't have to run a 10% profitability. But people in your environment should be winning. And if you're strangling your business and you're not hearing wins and you're not focused on helping other people achieve their goals through working with you, there's room for opportunity in your business. 
Uh, and the third one, I mean, all, all of these were important, but the third one was a little bit of a different vein. Um, I was essentially told last week in a fairly heated conversation that I'm working with somebody who flat out doesn't have confidence in me and thinks that I'm making a lot of incorrect decisions and doesn't want to be working alongside me. Uh, You know, there are a variety of things said that in the moment of this conversation, I certainly was not crying. Uh, But after the fact, after you've been told by somebody that you don't have confidence or that they don't have confidence in you, that you don't know what you're doing and that you don't care about people and all you care about is making money. It's like, <laughs> uh, I think the natural reaction would be to, to cry. And I probably cried for, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes. Uh, and it was waves of emotion. So I want to break that down because the first wave of emotion was like, I can't believe somebody thinks this of me. Like that was really like, oh my gosh, this is the person that you just described is not actually me. And I cannot believe that somebody thinks this of me, much less has communicated this to me, much less is telling me that all of these other people also think this of me. And so I think at first was like completely shocking. Now, the good news is I've had men in positions before tell me these exact same things. And the reality is I actually know that I'm really freaking good at what I do. And that's because I know what my job is. I know what actions I'm supposed to be taking. I know what I'm supposed to be looking at. I know the decisions that are within my purview in the role that I'm in. And most of the time it is me being an ass because I'm the person that's willing to ask the hard questions that everybody else kind of just takes for granted or makes assumptions around. Whereas I have to be the bad guy that's like, hey, what is this thing? And what is that thing? And how are we going to track this? And what does real capacity look like? Because I have to create an environment where other people can succeed. And so this conversation, at first the tears were like, man, I can't believe somebody thinks this of me because I really used to care what people think about me. And I'm not going to be so arrogant to say that I don't care what people think about me because of course I think everybody cares what they think people think about you but it doesn't rock me it doesn't drive me it doesn't like I really care what I think about myself but in the moment when you're being told and not just by some stranger or some idiot on the internet when you're actually being told by somebody that you work alongside that they do not have confidence in you and that you're making all of the wrong decisions uh my natural response mechanism came from a place of emotion, uh, sadness that that's how it's being perceived because that's not what I want. That's the the bottom line is people can think a variety of things. And I'm sure that there are other people who, who might think that. And I really don't give two shits because I have a lot of confidence in knowing and seeing the results of the decisions that I make and seeing the results of people who win around me and pe- and seeing team members who thank me for the structure that I provide. And so the first reaction being emotion, you know, I can't even beat myself up over that because I think that's a very normal reaction. But then when somebody tells you something that was hard to hear, first you have to ask yourself like, man, are these things true? And in this case, I don't believe that any of these things are true. And I have stats in 
so many of these areas and know what my responsibility is in so many of these areas to be like, ah, like this is just an emotional conversation. This person is being emotional. Um, but these things aren't true because I flat out do care about people. I am competent and have a track record of making great decisions around people hiring operations, how we're going to track things like just all that stuff is man, that that's my freaking jam. I rock out to that shit and I'm good at it. Uh, so I worked this process of first things first, acknowledge that this just happened. It's okay that you're sad. Now in that moment, I wanted to just like walk out and be like, I'm not doing this ever again. This sucks. I had literally five minutes of that. It's like, well, that's freaking stupid. Like just Natalie, calm down. I always know this about myself too. In the moment, I can't talk to anybody. I can't call anybody. There's no conversation that I can have because I just need to, to process. I had my 15 minutes of processing, addressed each of the individual concerns because I think it's really easy when something is going sideways to just dramatize it. And, and dramatizing it is adding all of this, this stuff, this confusion to the issue But if you look at very specific things that people are claiming, then you can start to underpin, okay, well, this is, this is this situation. Was I right or wrong in this? This is this situation. Was I right or wrong in this? This is this situation. Was I right or wrong in this? And as I went through every single situation and took the situation and really pulled up what my job description is, it's like, well, that's actually the right decision on behalf of the organization. Okay. That was the right decision on behalf of the organization. Okay, that was the right decision. There was one thing where I was like, oh, maybe this wasn't the right decision. I probably have to look at this and assess it and readdress it because this there's some gray. Maybe this wasn't the right decision. And oftentimes, as a leader, you are left with making a decision when things are gray, but taking a stance anyway because that's your role. And so I share that with you because in the process of building this, in the process of building what you want to build, there will be people who either say behind your back or say to your face that you can't do what you're doing, that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing, that you're not qualified to do what you're doing, that you're making a mess out of what you're doing. And in those moments, you can't just say, well, fuck you. (laughs) You can't just bulldoze anyway. I mean, you you can, but you have to remember the long-term perspective of what are you trying to do? What are your true intentions? What does this opportunity really look like? And what is your role inside that? And when you go through those four things and you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I made the best decision that I could make with the best information that I had. I'm willing to accept responsibility for where I was wrong, but I'm not quitting or giving up or giving in just because somebody thinks that I can't. And once somebody tells you that they think that you can't, You don't have to be dramatic. You just have to continue to go down the path that you were going down until you're either proven right or you're proven wrong. Either you can't do it and time will tell or you can do it and time will also tell. So regardless, you just have to assess and keep doing what you think is the right thing to do. And you will know through either the success or the failure of the decisions that you're making and crying about it although was helpful for 15 minutes. Like I'm good with crying for 15 minutes, but that's fine. I didn't cry publicly for 15 minutes. Oh my God, that would have been embarrassing. But I was just like overcome with emotion. And I I think that 
there's probably going to be a handful of other moments in the upcoming years where I'm going to cry because of these reasons and maybe many others. The reality is it's how you pick yourself back up and decide to keep moving forward. And if you're not clear on why you do what you do and you're not proud of the person that you are when you're doing it, it's going to be really hard to reduce the amount of time it takes to pick yourself back up. I remember back in the day, um, this was before Brandon and I were really like on the same page. This was probably seven years ago and we were working together in business and I would, he would make some decision that I would totally disagree with and we would get in a fight about it. And once we fought about it and he made whatever decision he wanted to make, I would just be like not interested in continuing to have the conversation, continuing to fight. And so I'd honestly be like, okay, great. You go do that. And I would kind of withdraw a little bit or a lot of it. I'd like withdraw for a few days. I'm like, okay, great. If that's what you want to do, that's what you can do. And that doesn't serve me. That doesn't serve the business to withdraw. Like how immature and childish. Granted, I was in my early 20s. So immature and childish would make sense. Uh, Because you can have those emotions. You can have those feelings, but still just like be a professional and do your job. So after this instance took place, I took my 15 minutes and rolled right back into meetings to make decisions on behalf of this organization that help it moving forward. And I think maturity comes from taking shorter amounts of time to get your emotions in check and continue down the path. So last week was a little bit of a, a roller coaster. I am, it's Monday. I am committing to myself that this week is going to be much better, far fewer tears. There's going to be zero tears because also I hate crying because it just makes my face hurt. My whole head hurt, makes everything hurt. Um, but this is this episode, I hope, gives a little bit of humanity to some of the directness, some of the I don't give two shits-ness that this podcast is really birthed out of because that's how I operate 99% of the time. But I also want to normalize and make it okay and share more of the behind the scenes of some of the things that happen where I am a human being, I have feelings, I have reactions to things, things affect me, and yet I keep going. And it's an important takeaway. It's an important lesson for anyone in business who might struggle with sharing their emotions because they perceive it as a weakness, because it's really not a weakness if it's allowing you to process, but you can't sit in it. And that would be my encouragement to you is what do you do in order to experience it as quickly as possible and then keep going after the thing that's going to help change the direction of your life? Because that's what we're here to do. We're here to go after our potentials and literally change the direction of our lives, of the people's lives that depend on us and the people who need us to show up to make great decisions every day so that we can be an example to them of what's possible. And that is so much of what drives me every single day. And I won't lose sight of that despite anybody telling me anything that uh, is to the contrary. So I appreciate you if you're still listening and you've enjoyed this podcast. I would love it if you would leave a review and share it with somebody who you know, would be impacted by this. Maybe they're going through a hard time right now. Maybe they're struggling with their boss or they're struggling with a client and they're in a season of a little bit of more emotion in their business. Would love if you would give this, if, if you would give this episode a share to that person. Whew, tongue got a little dry on that one. 
and look forward to talking to you on the next episode.